takes 38. Huh? 39. <clears throat> Didn't Kesha ever give class yesterday? Wasn't his verse 37? Huh? 38. Oh, okay. Oh, not that it matters. Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jai Gopi Janabalabha Kilivaradhari Jai Gopi Janabalabha Kilivaradhari Yashodanandana Vajajanaranjana Yashodanandana Vajajanaranjana Jamunati Ravanachari Jamuna Tira Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Kunjabi Hari Gopi Janavalapa Giri Bharadhari Gopi Janabalabha Giri Baradhari Balabha Giri Baradhari Yasodanandana Braja Janarandana Yashodanandana Brajajanarandana Jamunati Ravanachari 
Jamuna Tiravana Chari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Khamari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Madhava Kunjabi Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Krishna Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama 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 Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Jai Shishi Radha Krishna Gopinath Shama Kunda Radha Kunda Giri Govadana Kei Sevrindavan Dham Kei 
Samaya Puranavajaitam ki. Si Purushatam Chetra ki. Si Ganga Mai ki jai. Si Chamuna Mai ki jai. Bhakti Devi ki jai. Tulsi Devi Maharani ki jai. Gantaraj Simad Bhagavatam ki jai. Nitai Gora Premanandi. Oh, glories to the Assembled Devotees. Oh, glories to the Assembled Devotees. Oh, glories to the Assembled Devotees. Oh, glories to C.C. Guru and Gauranga. Oh, glories to Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 7, The Science of God. Chapter 7, What Prahlad Learned in the Womb, text number 39. Raya Kalat. Tram Pasava Sutadayo Raya Kalatram Pasava Sutadayo Krihamahi Kunjara Koshabutaya Sarvir Takamakshana Bangura Yusha Kurvanti Martyasya Kiyat Priyam Chalaha Raya Kalatram Pasavasutadayo Kriha Mahi Kunjara Kosha Bhutayaha Sarvirta Kamakshana Bangura Yusha Kurvanti Martyasya Kiyat Priyam Chalaha Raya Kulatram Pasavasudadayo Kriha Mahi Kunjara Kosha Bhutaya Savirta Kamakshana Bhutaya 
Kurvanti Matyasakiyat Priyam Chalaha Vaya Kalatam Pasavasudadayo Krihamahi Kunjara Kochabutaya Sarvirta Kamakshana Bangura Yushaha Kurvanti Matyasakiyat Priyam Chalaha Kayat Kalatram Pasavasudadayo Krihamahi Kunjara Kochabutaya Savirta Kamakshana Bangura Kurvanti Matyasakiyat Priyam Kalaha Ladies Raya Kalatram Kusava Sutadayo Kriha Mahi Kunjara Kosabutaya Savirtaka Makshana Bangura Yushaha Kurvan Matyasya Kiyat Priyam Chalaha Vaya Kalatram Pasavasutadayo Kriha Mahikuchara Koshabutaya Savirta Kamakshana Bangura Yushaha Kurvanti Matyasakiyat Priyam Chalaha Raya Kalatram Pasavasutadayo Kriha Mahikunjara Koshabutaya Saveta Kamakshana Bangura Yusaha Kurvanti Matyasakiya Priyam Chalaha Rayaha Wealth Kalatram One's wife And feminine friends Pashava Domestic animals Like cows, horses, asses, cats and dogs Sutta Adayaha, children and so on. Griha, big buildings and residences. Mahi, land. Kunjara, elephants. Kosha, treasury house. Bhutaya, and other luxuries. For sense gratification and material enjoyment. Sadhavi, all, artha, 
economic development, karmaha, and sense gratification, kshana bhangura, perishable in a moment, ayushaha, of one whose duration of life, kuravanti, affect or bring, Martyasya, of one who is destined to die. Kiyat, how much? Priyam, pleasure. Chalaha, flickering and temporary. One's riches, beautiful wife and female friends. One's sons and daughters. One's residents. One's domestic animals like cows, elephants and horses. One's treasury, economic development and sense gratification. Indeed, even the lifetime in which one can enjoy all these material opulences are certainly temporary and flickering. Since the opportunity of human life is temporary, what benefit can these material opulences give to a sensible man who has understood himself to be eternal? <coughs> Purport. This verse describes how the advocates of economic development are frustrated by the laws of nature. As the previous verse asks, Kim Vishayo Papadanai. What is the actual benefit of so-called economic development? The history of the world has factually proved that attempts to increase an economic development for bodily comfort through the advancement of material civilization have done nothing to remedy the inevitability of birth, death, old age and disease. Everyone has knowledge of huge empires throughout the history of the world. The Roman Empire, the Mughal Empire, the British Empire and so on. But all the societies engaged in such economic development, Savartakamaha, have been frustrated by the laws of nature through periodic wars, pestilence, famine and so on. Thus, all their attempts have been flickering and temporary. In this verse, therefore, it is said, Kuruvanti Martyasya Kiyat Priyam Chalaha One may be very proud of possessing a vast empire, but such empires are impermanent. After 100 or 200 years, everything is finished. All such positions of economic development, although created with great endeavour and hardship, are vanquished very soon. Therefore, they have been described as chalaha. An intelligent man should conclude that material economic development is not at all pleasing. 
The entire world is described in Bhagavad Gita as Tukalayam Asaspatam, miserable and temporary. Economic development may be pleasing for some time, but it cannot endure. Thus many big businessmen are now very morose because they are being harassed by various plundering governments. In conclusion, why should one waste his time for so-called economic development, which is neither permanent nor pleasing to the soul? On the other hand, our relationship with Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is eternal. Nityasiddha Krishna Prema. The pure souls are eternally in love with Krishna. And this permanent love, either as a servant, a friend, a parent, or a conjugal lover, is not at all difficult to revive. Especially in this age, the concession is that simply by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam, one revives his Mm. original relationship with God and thus becomes so happy that he does not want anything material as enunciated by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim Kavitam Vajagadisha Kamaye A very advanced devotee in Krishna consciousness does not want riches, followers, or possessions. Raya Kalatram Pasava Sudadayo Grihamahi Kunjara Koshabutayaha. The satisfaction of possessing material opulences, although perhaps of a different standard, is available even in the lives of dogs and hogs who cannot revive their eternal relationship with Krishna. In human life, however, our eternal, dormant relationship with Krishna is possible to revive. Therefore, Prahlad Maharaj has described this life as Atardam. Consequently, instead of wasting our time for economic development, which cannot give us any happiness, if we simply try to revive our eternal relationship with Krishna, we will probably pr properly utilize our lives. Mm. <clears throat> Tasmaye Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamahiyam Dadatisva Padantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langayate Girim Yat Kripa Tamaham Bande Shri Gurum Dinatarinam
Mm. So, what's a word that sums up the material world, considering the first half of this purport that starts with an A and has four letters in it? Ends with a T. Asat. Yes. Asat. Sat means permanent and asat means temporary. So, Pallad Maharaj is instructing his friends in the science of bhakti, basically, what he learnt in the womb. And, and um, as Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita, there's no, what is it? Na sato vidyate bhavo, na bhavo vidyate sataha. Of the temporary there is no endurance. This, this is basic, very, very basic Bhagavad Gita, uh, chapter 2. Right? All of the essential teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, um, Prabhupada quotes Bhaktivinoda Thakur, the last purport. The, the whole of the Bhagavad Gita is contained within the second chapter. Right? It's a, like a summary of all of the information that's to come. So this is very, this is very, uh, <clears throat> um, what should we call it, uh, foundational, fundamental, that the material world is a place of impermanence. that it's always in a state of flux or change. And so uh, Krishna uh, encourage us, encourages us to not be too attached to the uh, experiences, to the to the uh, exchanges between the senses and the objects of the senses. Because they're temporary. Yehi samspa saja boga dukkha yonaya evate, isn't it? Adyanta vanta kunteya nate shu ramate buddha. Intelligent person doesn't take pleasure in these. Uh, temporary exchanges although Prabhupada mentions here they're real there is some pleasure and that's that's unfortunately our downfall because there is some pleasure to be enjoyed in engaging the senses with the objects of the senses but the warning is it's temporary and of course 
there has to be some engagement of the senses with the object of the senses because we're embodied, we're in the material world. We can't ignore our engagement with the, the engagement of the senses with the objects of the senses. That's why the process of bhakti is very, very powerful. Even though it's a simple act, set of activities, it's very, very powerful. Because, you know, you know there's this, I've mentioned this many times, there's the, the notion of a yogi is one who sits in one place and restrains the senses from the objects of the senses, right? Not to be disturbed. <clears throat> but we know from history, if we look at who's, who's, uh, uh, who's an example of a yogi who tried to restrain his senses and wasn't successful. Who are the examples? So, but yeah, here's the one. He went underwater, <laughs> but got disturbed looking at the fish. <laughs> and other examples. So, so the the process of bhakti is is actually quite different. There's a recognition, as, and Krishna mentions, uh, what will repression accomplish? Well, so, you know, this, uh, the, 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 the yogi, you know, sitting, trying to restrain his mind and senses, is doomed to failure if we look at the, the history, right? Whereas the activities of the devotee are. Uh, He's engaged in activity. But it's an activity by which the senses are controlled, not that the senses are uncontrolled. And so therefore, Rupa Goswami has given us so many instructions. Prabhupada, uh, you know, uh, Prabhupada says, the first duty of a devotee is to take shelter of a spiritual master. Guru Padasraya, huh? and, and that's what it, that's what we do. Uh, our preaching in Iskon is we first of all introduce anybody to Prabhupada, to Srila Prabhupada, our our Acharya, our Guru. And Srila Prabhupada spent all of his life, pretty much, certainly the latter years of his life, teaching uh, us teaching his disciples, teaching everyone, and, and teaching by example, therefore Acharya, how to uh, engage in the process of bhakti, bhakti yoga, by absorbing one's senses and one's thoughts, one's words, what is it, kamana, manasa, gira, uh, jivans, Muktas Uchate. If you're engaging your activities, your speech, and your thoughts in Krishna's service, then you're considered liberated. Jivan Mukta. 
right? So, um, um, the activities of material pursuit are, um, we were given a warning here. Don't place all of your hopes and aspirations in being materially successful. In other words, one has to be somewhat detached because in the material world, everything is coming and going. Right? In the beginning, there's no existence. In the middle, there's some manifestation. And then at the end, what happens? Poof, gone, right? We're gone. And so uh, the acquisition of the of temporary things is um, a distraction. Huh? It's a distraction. If that's what we put all of our attention into doing. Whereas with the, in the human form of life, and this is Prahlad Maharaj's message to his friends, in the human form of life, certainly we have to do some work. There has to be some activity. There will be some accumulation of possessions. But a devotee understands that those things are limited and temporary and so it doesn't place all of uh, their attention into accumulating those things. <clears throat> Knowing that sooner or later they'll be plundered either by the time factor or proper mentions here by the government, right? The government's stealing your money. Well, not stealing, you have to pay taxes, right? Mind you, the government's also fighting with the citizens who are stealing money off of them as well. It's all, it's a, you know, a den of thieves, actually. So, uh, but the real benefit, the, 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 the advantage of the human form of life is to acquire something which is permanent and that can't be taken away. And that is the reawakening of our Krishna consciousness. Uh, and Prabhupada quotes that verse, what is it? Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema. Nitya Siddha Krishna, the, the eternal perfection of Krishna Prema is in the heart of everyone, just needs to be reawakened. And so the real benefit, the real advantage of the human form is to <clears throat> engage in those activities within which or wherein which the natural love for Krishna will manifest spontaneously. This is the advantage of, of bhakti, especially panchanga bhakti, the five activities of bhakti that will naturally elicit a, uh, a, a, uh, an eruption, if you like, or an explosion, <laughs> uh, a, a manifestation of that Krishna prema.
And so we, we've, in the previous verses, we've seen all of these descriptions, how a devotee, when he's or she's chanting Hare Krishna, then naturally out comes symptoms of uh, love and affection for Krishna, love and affection for the devotees. <clears throat> Shouting. Laughing. Rolling on the ground. Crying. Huh? The devotee sees Krishna and becomes enthusiastic, but then when Krishna disappears, he becomes very unhappy, very sad. So there's jubilation and, and what was it we were discussing the other day? Horripilation, symptoms of ecstasy. <clears throat> and and uh, a disdain for material existence. This naturally arises. The devotee becomes so happy, chanting Hare Krishna and r realizing their relations, their eternal identity as a as a um, servant of Krishna in the beginning. Right? Becomes so happy and enthusiastic and determined that material pursuits are just seen as if they're a waste of time. What a waste of time. Huh? And so, and you know, of course, this is what people are scared of. Oh, if I get involved with the Hare Krishnas, then I'll have to give up my material life. <laughs> but it just comes naturally. It's not like a, it's a imposition. A devotee happily engages in devotional service and happily disregards material existence, <clears throat> even though there may be, there, you know, there has to be some engagement with the material energy. So um, these symptoms of detachment will naturally manifest in the in the uh, behaviour of a devotee, and so. You're not concerned too much about what people think of what he's doing because of what is it? Pratyak savagamam damyam susukam kartam avyayam. Right? Very happy. Devotee is very happy to chant Hare Krishna. And even if the materialists chastise him and tell him, go and get a job, right? Why don't you get a job? The devotee is thinking, this is my job. <laughs> I'm happy chanting Hare Krishna. This is my work. <clears throat> but of course that upsets the materialist because the materialist plays great focus and attention on, on getting ahead, making you know, money, acquiring, gaining material acquisition. And a, and a devotee is then a threat. We see that with uh, Prahlad Maharaj, or we'll see it coming up, right? Haranyakashipu got very disturbed by the behaviour of his devotee son, 
because his focus is always on serving Krishna, not fulfilling his uh, um, material duties, or at least the attention to the material duties slackens because they, of the rising of love and affection for Krishna. So, um, Prabhupada makes the point, this is the real benefit of the human form of life is to reawaken that which is uh, permanent. Our relationship with the impermanent is temporary and we do so out of duty. Uh, some basic uh, um, activities of maintenance are required. But the main effort in the human form of life is to reawaken our um, dormant love for Krishna. And so that's where the focus or that's where the attention of a devotee uh, resides. Yeah. Therefore, Prahlad Maharaj has described this life as arthadam. Instead of wasting time for economic development, which cannot give any happiness, although previously in the purport Prabhupada says it gives some bit of happiness, right? But he says here, can't really give you any happiness because it's, it's there for a little while, but then take it away, right? But if we revive our Krishna consciousness, that's something that is a, a permanent source of satisfaction. Satjit ananda. When we realize our spiritual identity, then we'll naturally be happy. Situated in a permanent state of happiness, not a state of happiness that's dependent on material situations which are always flickering and temporary in any case. And then Prabhupada says here, uh, if we simply try to revive our eternal relationship with Krishna, we will properly utilize our lives. Any comments or questions? Thank you for the class. <clears throat> um, you mentioned earlier that um, normally people try to repress, re repress their senses, but devotees, we engage our senses, uh, thereby controlling them in devotional service. Yeah. Um, so let's assume that you know, any kind of service, devotional service that we do, that gives us the ability to con control the senses, or is it that there are some services in particular that gives us the the best kind of capacity to control our senses. For example, you know, maybe you know, cooking for the deities or maybe book distribution. Like is all the devotional service activities all kind of on the same platform in terms of controlling our senses and mind? That's a very good question. To which I can give you an answer.
Hmm. Okay. Um, just bear with me. Uh, uh, bear with me. In relationship to austerities, because you know, especially in the, in the month of Damodar or in the Purushottam month, people think that, ooh, okay, great opportunity to perform austerities, but I'll make spiritual advancement. So, what does Prabhupada say? Oh, yeah, here it is. I think it's in this purport. Oh, no, there's no purport. This one. Here we go. <clears throat> this is uh, 9426 purport. Severe austerities in the practice of devotional service are of many varieties. For example, in worshipping the deity in the temple, there are certainly laborious activities. Sri Vigrahara Dana Nityanana Singara Tan Mandira Marjanado. One must decorate the deity, cleanse the temple, bring water from the Ganges and Jamuna, continue the routine work, perform arti many times, prepare first class food for the deity, prepare dresses, and so on. 
Okay, so what's that called? What's that activity generally called? Deity worship. Deity worship, yes. Similarly, the hard labour involved in preaching, preparing literature, preaching to atheistic men and distributing literature door to door is of course an austerity. Tapo yuktena. Tapo divyam putraka. That's in, in this chapter actually. Such austerity is necessary. Yena sattvam sujet. By such austerity and devotional service, one is purified of material existence. Indeed, such austerity leads one to the constitutional position of devotional service. In this way, one can give up material desires, and as soon as one is freed from material desires, he is free from the repetition of birth and death, old age and disease. Okay, so there's some hints from Prabhupada. Did he worship? Preaching, right? These are the activities by which we engage our senses in the service of the master of the senses. So, and there may be others as well, right? You know, looking after the cows, growing food for offering to Krishna. There's a variety of activities. The the the, um, the the core activities of Panchanga Bhakti uh, um, are basically Shravanam and Kirtanam and, and Sadhu Sangha, right? Association with the devotees, um, which are, are, what do you call it? Um, impetuses, direct impetus for experiencing Krishna Prema. But um, these other activities, deity worship, pre preaching, they're activities by which we can engage our senses in, um, what do you call it, you know, in the day-to-day -day routine work. Because even though chanting Hare Krishna is um, you know, a natural and, a, and an immediate impetus for experiencing um, love of Krishna. We can't sit down and do that all day long, right? <clears throat> uh, personalities like the Goswamis and other very advanced devotees are capable of doing such things but generally, um, the rank and file devotees follow a process of sadhana and service. Right, so deity worship or preaching, cooking, prasadam distribution, all of the things that we do are designed to engage the senses. So, um, they're all potent actually. They're all potent, but the you know the the impetus for Krishna prema comes um, in good part for those who are sadhakas from those association with the devotees, 
Sankirtan, hearing the Bhagavatam, worshipping the deity and, and um, residing in a sacred place. How's that sound? Yep, pretty straightforward. Not a lot of mystery in what we do, actually. I remember as a very young devotee, I was often reading Prabhupada's books and, you know, looking for the key. There's a key that's going to open up the door. Uh, let me... Then I, I discovered it was everything, actually. <laughs> everything that we do. Although those, the, the, those five activities are uh, powerful. Um, you know, they're the, they're the support, if you like. And you see, in, in our morning program, Prabhupada has, has um, all of those activities are combined within what we do early in the morning to set our consciousness for the rest of the day's activities ideally and then in the evening you know we have the iskon sandwich we generally don't have an iskon sandwich these days we have an open sandwich right? but a sandwich of substance is a closed sandwich so morning program then the evening program sandwiches what we do so at the end of the day we get the opportunity to come together and chant Hare Krishna and hear the Bhagavad Gita or some Shastra before we take rest. That's a, that's a, that's a sensible, solid program, right? Or, you know, um, we, we preach. Uh, that's an alternative also. But within the, those activities, there's Kirtan, there's here, you know, some some um, um, discussion or some reading and then some discussion. So in part it's, it's there uh, if we're preaching in the evenings. Yeah. Sibya. Um, we see how in this lifetime we're with the parents for a few years and we're so attached to them but we've been with Krishna for like many lifetimes so how can we forget him so easily how can we like not have much attachment for him um, say that again the first part or the middle part so we, see we have affection for our parents. We're with yeah. the parents for a long, for a few years, and we get so much attachment for them. But we see with Krishna, we've been for lot, like many lifetimes, but mm. still we forget him so easily, and we don't have much attachment for him as we have with parents. So, mm. how do we forget him so easily? How do we forget Krishna? Pretty easily, it seems. Huh? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, well, you see, Krishna is not uh, attainable 
or observable ordinarily through the senses, through our, our, our experience, our, our, um, our um, lived experience, if you like. You know, it's easy, it's, you, you probably experience this, you go to school, right? Uh, when you're at school, do you remember your parents very much? Sometimes. It, sometimes, yeah. But you can forget them completely, right? Come completely absorbed in what your friends are doing or you just got, did something inappropriate and the teacher's telling you off, right? You forget everything. You're just in the moment. And of course, that's the nature of the material world is <clears throat> that our original uh, spiritual identity and consciousness of Krishna is covered by identification with the material energy, right? Um, the example is given of a drop of water that falls out of the sky. And, uh, originally the water falling from a cloud is clear and pure, but when it hits the ground and becomes absorbed in the dirt, then it's very difficult to differentiate the water from the dirt. You've just got mud. Huh? The water's there, but it's mixed up with the dirt. So hard to appreciate the pure quality of the water. So because we've come into the material world, the material energy has this covering potency. Huh? That's it, it's the, we're the tatashta shakti and we can be covered by the material energy or we can be um, absorbed in our spiritual identity. But the, because we're in the material world, there's that tendency to be covered over. Right? <clears throat> so <clears throat> how does that happen? Basically by desire, by ignorance. And from ignorance comes these un, un, uh, unwanted or unnecessary desires because of identification with the body, right? So um, the process of bhakti is designed to remove that identification, remove that covering of, of the material energy so that we can reawaken our relationship with Krishna. But because we're tatashta shakti, we can still be influenced by the material energy. You know, Prabhupada gives the example of, the, of being on the shore of the ocean, right? And uh, if you're not far enough onto the beach, you can always be pulled back by the waves of the ocean. You know, there's some, there's some um, beaches in South Australia on the, um, there's a place called Kananda. And um, it's near um, uh, Beachport. 
And there's a lot of beaches like that at Canundas. It's a beautiful place. We, we, I used to go there as a kid. But you never go in the water. Because if you go in the water, have a guess what? You're pulled in. <laughs> really, really strong, strong waves. You don't go and swim there. Nobody goes and swims or surfs there. It's just too... The, so... Uh, the material energy is kind of like that. It can pull you in. Right? <clears throat> and even you may uh, make it some way out of the ocean and get onto the shore, but if the, if the waves increase or the, you know, the weather, it pulls you back in. So the material energy is like that. We're attracted to it. It, it also has, a, it's coming from Krishna. It's part of Krishna's energy and so it has its attractiveness. Uh, <clears throat> but <clears throat> the attractiveness of uh, Krishna is more attractive, more powerful. It's just that under the influence of the material energy, we, we uh, our original um, attraction for Krishna is covered over, right? So one sense of the process of devotional service is to uncover or reawaken that love for Krishna so that it becomes so strong and it can overpower the attraction for the material energy. <clears throat> so um, that's why we need the association of the devotees, why we need to be hearing and chanting, why we have a, a, a sadhana practice that's to reawaken that dormant um, love of Krishna. It's there and what is it? Sudha Chitte. Uh, um, Sravanadi, yes, beginning with hearing. The process of bhakti purifies the mind. Suddha the consciousness becomes purified by the process of bhakti. And so then, you know, by that process we can, and this is what Prahlad Maharaj is saying, by that process one can reawaken that attraction for Krishna and that satisfaction that comes from serving Krishna, such that the material energy just dissolves, it just becomes in, inconsequential, in, not essential. Right? So, um, we've, we, Krishna's with us, as is mentioned in the yes, yesterday's purport, right? Krishna's with us, he's always with us as a super soul, but even though Krishna's with us, we haven't been with him. <laughs> We've been wandering in a material world, lost, looking for this, looking for that, looking for this mum and dad, another mum and dad, right? So many mums and dads we've had. And we get bewildered by each one of them. And as a consequence, have forgotten our relationship with Krishna. So, um, yeah, that's the process of bhakti is to reawaken that relationship.
And that's why we chant Hare Krishna. Huh? And we, you know, and even even as devotees, we wake up in the morning one day, we chant Hare Krishna, and we're super enthusiastic. Yeah, I'm Krishna's servant. Hare Right. Then the next morning, we wake up, we think, Ooh, what am I doing this for? Too hard. Huh? So even as even as practicing sadhikas, we have our ups and downs. <laughs> Right? <clears throat> so therefore we stick to the process and then gradually, gradually, gradually we make progress, make advancement. Madhu Manjuri. Based on, we cannot avoid uh, the contact between the senses and the object of the senses due to the nature of our interaction and activities. Yep. And I was wondering, what would be the safety way to to do it? That dynamic. What would be the what? The safety way. Or the safe way. Or the safe way to interact, to, because that's something that we cannot <coughs> avoid. Well, that's why. Uh, association that's why the spiritual master is essential in guiding the disciple on what engagements are suitable um, depending on their conditioning right and so we encourage devotees to engage in activities that are suitable to their conditioned nature so they can be purified and we don't encourage them to do things that are not natural at least from the conditioned point of view um, in their uh, engagement in um, you know devotional activities so we we, we do consider um, the, the natural tendencies and so therefore Vana and Ashram have some relevance, whilst they're not the be-all and end-all, they have some relevance to the engagement of a, an individual in um, devotional services so that, so that they can be gradually elevated out of that conditioned state. Right? So there's some consideration given. If you're good at a particular activity and that can be used in Krishna service, then that's what we encourage you to do. Right? Mm. There may be something that you're not inclined to do, uh, and we may do it in, you know, because it's Krishna's service. But if I force, if we force an individual to do something that's not uh, fully uh, incongruent, you know, it's incongruent to their nature. Uh, that can have detrimental consequences. So what's safe for one person may be not good for another in that condition kind of state of engagement in devotional activities. So some consideration has to be made. Ashram, Varna. <clears throat> of course, sometimes it's hard to work out what a person's Varna is or they're just mixed up. 
right? Sometimes we see devotees are just mixed up, they're disturbed, they can't settle, they're just mixed up. And that's Kali Yuga, right? He upadrutaha, always disturbed. If you allow me, I have another question. If you allow me, I have another question. What do you reckon? It's late. Shall we let Madhu Manjari ask another question? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sorry, it's, uh, I was just wondering how artificial can be, in my case, saying... How, uh, what can be? Ar artificial. Oh, artificial. To, yes. be, to say that uh, learning to see Krishna everywhere so it would be another way to see, even if I interact with the object of the senses, if I see Krishna everywhere, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be risky. How artificial can be that? Because when you said that the attraction to the material energy is so powerful, mm. but even that, that potency of the material energy comes from Krishna, and how, yes. sa how, how safe, or even, uh, again, my, my wonder is... Well, Prabhupada says it's pretty easy, you know, when you drink water, you can think, ah, oh, Krishna's the taste of water, yeah. right? Krishna's the light of the sun. Right? He's the aroma of the earth, right? Just like at the moment, um, even though it's winter, some of the most fragrant flowers come in the wintertime. Right? Um, I don't know, we ha do we have any Daphne here in the temple? Yeah, there was some of it yesterday. Was there? Yeah. If you, you know what Daphne is? Daphne's beautiful flower. Beautiful. We've got one at home. And uh, um, early cheer, you know, the jonquils, the, 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 they're really sweet flowers. So, you know, in, in, is it the seventh chapter of the Bhagavad Gita? The description of how Krishna explains how he's present within everything. Huh? Tenth chapter, yeah. So, there's a meditation there, right? Now, is that artificial? Maybe in the beginning, but if we become a bit, you know, if we become practiced, right, then it just becomes a natural part of, you know, when you drink water, pure, clear water, when you're thirsty, how does that feel? Huh? Yeah. It's beautiful. Right, so you can appreciate that's Krishna. Rasaham apsukunteya, right? So I'm the taste in water. I'm the fragrance in the flowers. I'm the ability in what we, you know, the ability in man. So it, it, there's a certain amount of practice, a lot of practice actually, for a, 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 a sadhika. Um, that elevates one to the point where they feel a connection with Krishna everywhere, at every, at all the time. So, 
Um, in the beginning, it may be artificial in one sense. Right? Prabhupada gives the example of, um, you know, the process of bhakti is like starting a car, Prabhupada gives the example. And um, he, he, he gives the example of starting a car by pushing it. We don't do it these days because you can't push an automatic to get it to start. <clears throat> but when I was a kid, <laughs> sometimes that's the only way you get the car to start. <laughs> right? The battery's flat. <laughs> When I was 10, 11, 12, we lived in the pl same place as where we used to go to Kananda, Mount Burr. And my friends, we were living in a giant pine forest. And um, my friends down the road, the Fries, had an old hillman. Uh, those old hillmans. You know what? It looks like an ambassador, <laughs> basically. And we used to. I think uh, Peter Fry was 16 and he was into pulling the engine apart, putting it back together again. So we'd go out in the forest in this car. But, you know, it'd conk out, say, everybody, okay, everybody get out. You have to push the car. But then once you got it going, it ran by itself, right? So Bhakti's a bit, Prabhupada gives the example, Bhakti's like that. It, it stopped. You've got to get it started by pushing it. But once it gets going on its own, then it... It runs off naturally. So our, <clears throat> uh, you know, we're kind of in the kickstart mode at the moment. And, you know, go to sleep and forget. <laughs> and wake up and think, oh, what am I doing now? Oh, got to chant Hare Krishna. Or whatever. So, <clears throat> yes, in the beginning, maybe artificial. There's a, you know, it's starting. But, the process of bhakti, and, and Prabhupada, you know, makes the point. Mongolati, chanting Hare Krishna, worshipping the deity, performing those activities over time generates that impetus within the heart of a, uh, of a conditioned soul um, to um, relish and um, value and enjoy um, those activities of bhakti because it, it removes that conditioning of material existence and reawakens our um, spiritual identity. So it, it ceases to be artificial and it becomes spontaneous. Huh? So when we rise, when we wake up in the morning, we think, oh, got to go and do my service. Right? Got to do. Got to serve Krishna. Got to whatever it is that we we're doing. Got to do it. And we think about it. You know, it, naturally we think about what we're going to do for Krishna. It just comes naturally. <clears throat> Last week I was recovering from the COVID, and I was in a bit of a COVID fog. You know, I just didn't didn't want to do anything. I had. Uh, I had a document to finish off and I was just thinking, what am I going to do this for? This is, I don't want to do this. Right? 
And, uh, you know, something I've been working on for a few months, so it wasn't like I lacked enthusiasm, I just feeling really off colour. But then by Monday, Sunday, Monday, and, and, and I couldn't think of anything. I just thinking, what am I going to do? What are, why am I burdened by this? Right? But then Monday morning, Sunday morning, I was waking up and I was thinking, ah, oh, yeah, that's what I've got to do. I, it's just stuff was coming out. Right? <clears throat> and, so, and so I was enthusiastic about what I, was, what I had to do, whereas the previous week I was feeling pretty, pretty lousy. So... The spontaneous platform will come naturally, but we've got to kick. We've got to start it by doing things that we might not initially want to do. For you know, getting up early, going to Mongol Arctic, chanting our rounds. I remember many hours sitting in this room chanting Japa, and just wanting to sleep. Huh? Or, you know, after the Nishringa prayers and offering our obeisances, waking up <laughs> to, you know, Namo Namaha, <laughs> to La Si Krishna Pray. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, as a very young devotee, we got a lot of, or not used to being up so early in the morning, we've got the ignorance to battle with, right? So in that sense, it might be it appears to be artificial, right? And going against the grain. But as but gradually, as we uh, become enthused and enlivened by those activities, and our natural Krishna consciousness starts to manifest, then the spontaneity also comes with it. So beginning, we have to push start. But once everything gets going. Then we'd we'd hop into the hop into the hillman. We didn't have any door. We had to. It stopped so often. We took the doors off, <laughs> so you could hop out easily to push it. <clears throat> we took the bonnet off the front, and we used to go into the paddocks. We had a big rope, uh, and um, two or three of us would sit in the bonnet, and then we'd pull each other around like it was a sled, you know, around the paddocks. We had a great time. My parent, my mum was aghast at what we were doing. You know, easily could have killed ourselves many times. But we were having a great, we, we were having a lot of fun. Huh? Until the car conked out and they said, oh, okay, get out, push. <laughs> All right. Gandharaj Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai Shalaprabhupada Kijai Gora Bhaktabhinda Kijai.